is ARN. Welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Pull my chair up to the desk here. Good to have you with us. It is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. It is the day before Thanksgiving. I went into Missoula yesterday and picked up our Papa Murphy's Pizza. It is in the refrigerator. It will be cooked up tomorrow. And it's just Mrs. Squirrel and I at the house tomorrow. So our plan is to watch football and eat pizza. It's going to be a good day. We do his and hers pizzas. (laughs) There's mine and hers. And I want nothing to do with hers. And she wants nothing to do with mine. Um, The the folks at the... uh, Papa Murphy's where we shop. It's not the most convenient to our house, but it's the one we've... It was the first one in Missoula, and it's the one that we've used the most. Um, And I I still drive all the way across town to get my pizza there because I know the people, I know the crew. And uh, so there was a comment, ah, you're here to get your Thanksgiving dinner and all of that. And uh, so, yeah, it's a... It's a tradition. It's been, we've been doing this for many, 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 many years. Um, not quite the entire 25 years of our, our marriage, but, uh, um, and yeah, we did. I think I mentioned it on the podcast. Maybe I didn't, but we just celebrated 25 years back on the, the 7th. Um, but this pizza has been our tradition for, well, gosh, since, well, let's see, I started working at the mill before we were married because we got married in 98. And I started working at the mill in 97, 96 even. So this may be almost our entire marriage that we've been eating the pizza for Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, I was I uh, drove past mom and dad's old house yesterday and just thought about the old, all the Thanksgiving dinners and Christmas dinners. And, um, kind of prayed for the family that lives there now. Um, it's, it's bittersweet, you know, not having mom and dad. And of course... Mom passed away in 2019, right before Thanksgiving. Um, and we've talked about, you know, that we, we consider that, my, my sisters and I consider that to be a blessing because she passed away before the lockdowns. Um, so that, you know, her, her entire time in the memory care unit as she was suffering from Alzheimer's, um, we could visit her and we did often. And, spent time with her and my sister and I uh, my middle sister Sheila uh, my oldest sisters in Connecticut Sheila and I were local and, and we uh, we were in the room along with my nephew and mom passed away um, it, it just you know and just a few months later we wouldn't have been able to be and and that is one of the saddest things to come out of the the shutdowns was the the horror of families having to, you know, say goodbye through windows and not being able to be with their loved ones um, during illness and and whatnot. Um, but uh, but when mom passed away, um, her funeral was the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and because of that, we were all in town, and that's the the last time that we've had the families together for Thanksgiving, and it was it was not just. My sisters and I and our spouses, but it was, um, you know, my my daughter and her husband, uh, and their daughter and and nephews and their 
spouses. I mean, it was, it was, it was huge to have everybody there. Um, and I miss that. I, I, but it, it is just the two of us this year and we're thankful for all of God's blessings. Um, and so we're going to look forward to enjoying our pizza tomorrow and watching football. <laughs> that's, that's my plan for the day. Janet will probably be <laughs> not watching football, doing something else while in the same room while I'm watching, or we may be in different rooms. <laughs> we, 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 you know, I may be sitting here watching football and then she can watch whatever she out in the living room. But uh, looking forward to that. All right, this is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the audio podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. You can head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com and check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there. You are certain to find something worth listening to. I guarantee it. All right, what do we got coming up today? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And then we have our study Bible-level Bible study of Deuteronomy, which continues. Now, I did change a lot of settings yesterday. <coughs> when I talked to the uh, folks at our ISP about our Internet issues and stuff, and he pointed out, you know, hey, because uh, they can look. They know what your computers are doing and stuff. And he's like, man, OneDrive is just ripping up your Internet. So on my old computer, I had OneDrive's upload speeds throttled. But I hadn't changed those settings on the new computer. So I went in and I've adjusted that. And that has greatly improved our, our performance overall. And that made me think, you know, we've got all of these... Uh, I bet I haven't changed the stream settings on OSB either. So I went in and I've adjusted the stream setting and everything so that that uh, I, I was I found out I was streaming these huge massive files, and so I've I've toned that down to a uh, a lesser um, lesser degree, um, and so hopefully. That's running better. Also using a different webcam today. I, I just picked up a Razer Kyo Pro webcam, and that's what we're using this morning. Still trying to get that Lumina cam working again, um, but with the holidays and everything, it's going to be next week before I get to, to buckle down with their tech support and try to fix the issues I'm having. So in the meantime, this is a much better picture than that Logitech camera. I've been using, um, so I uh, I appreciate this. But the the weird thing about this this camera is um, it's not widescreen. It's not a sixteen by nine camera. It's it's the old standard screen. You know the 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 four by three or whatever it was. The the old standard square television. Uh, aspect ratio. So I've actually had to, you know, this is kind of a zoomed in portion of the picture because it's not a 16 by 9 wide screen. It's a, it's the more, the old square uh, TV screen. So, which is weird because it's a, it's a brand new camera 
and it's HD, but the aspect ratio is square, and I don't get it. And there's, it's it's not something you can change. There's not a setting that lets you adjust that. It's just set up as a square camera instead of as a wide format camera. So I had to do some playing in in uh, in OSB to fix that um, to get the aspect ratio that we're using here. So that's that. And I just want to remind you, we are going to have a Thanksgiving edition of Squirrel Chatter tomorrow. I'm going to pre-record it this morning. And I will upload it to Restream, and at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow, Restream will kick it out to all of our uh, uh, to Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble, so that uh, it will stream at 7.30 tomorrow morning. That's a capability I've taken advantage of a couple of times when I've had to be gone in the morning. Um, it's nice to be able to do that. Um, if I was smart, I'd probably do that all the time um, and and not do the show live. But I actually like doing it live. I like the dynamic of, of just being here with you in the morning. Um, it's a good thing I wake up in the morning um, take a shower, drink some coffee, um, make sure everything's set up, and then then go live and chat with you for an hour. And uh, that's a good way to start the day. It really is. Um, another thing, looking at the upcoming year, and I, I want to get back to more scripture reading. Um, not going to do less uh, other stuff than we're doing now, but I'm thinking about adding in regular scripture reading, and I found a three-year Bible reading plan that I'm thinking about using. It's a three-year, you know, go through the whole Bible in three years instead of one year, and that would mean less portions during the podcast. The other thing is it's a it's a 365-day reading plan, 365 days a year, and we're, we're only here Monday through Friday. So it wouldn't be, you know, we'd, we'd, we would actually take longer than three years. But I, I think having a, a reading plan like that would be a good thing to get back into that daily Bible reading on the podcast. Um, I know we, we read through the entire Legacy Standard Bible last year, and that was great, and I had a lot of people, you know, hey, you kept me on track for my Bible reading, and stuff, and uh, use that five-day Bible reading plan, which I've used for years, um, and and I thought that went well. I said a lot of you liked it, but uh, I wanted to do something different this year, and I'm thinking about doing something different again next year. Still doing, you know, we still got Federalist Friday, we still got Theology Thursday, we're still going to be going through Deuteronomy. I mean, we're just up to chapter 18 today, so we've got a ways to go in Deuteronomy. Um, still doing Monday meanderings. We're not going to change anything. Um, I'm just thinking about adding back in 
the uh, um, adding back in some uh, what am I trying to say? Adding back in some scripture reading. So um, now because you you may have noticed I don't have the 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 email address up on the bottom of the screen. Um, that was done through the camera software, the the Lumina camera that I can't get to work right now. Um, so my email is squirrelchatter at protonmail.com. So love to hear from you. Um, if you would like to uh, drop us a line, um, let me know what you think about adding back the, the Bible reading next year. Um, anything you'd like to to, you know, topics you'd like to see me cover, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's, there's all sorts of things we can think about, but, uh, just, you know, we're coming close to the end of the year. We've just got, we're, you know, tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Christmas is just over a month away. New Year's is a week after Christmas. So, you know, we're, it's, it's really time to buckle down and start thinking about next year. And so I'm doing that, and you probably are too. Now, see, here's another instance where the logo is on the wrong side of the mug. It's facing me. This is the logo for this. Is, this is the uh, coffee mug for the cessationist documentary. If you haven't seen that, check that out. Really well done. Um, and Mrs. Squirrel and I are looking forward to going to the Cessationist Conference at Grace Community Church next October. Um, very much looking forward to that. Um, but of course, before then, we have Shepherd's Conference in March that I'm, I'm heading down to that uh, I am greatly looking forward to. Um, always a good time at Shepherd's Conference. Uh I, the the thing it's it's a family reunion for me. I have so many friends down there. Um, grace to you, Grace Church. Um, other pastors who come to that conference every year, the, even from around the country, from you know Arizona and New York and and where I've had a chance to to get to know these people, Texas. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, just hanging out with everybody, so yeah, it'd be, it's it's always a good time. The, the the folks I know in LA and the folks who come to LA for that conference it is always good to get together. But I've made I mean so many friends at Grace Church. The the the, the volunteers that that are all over the campus during the conference, doing you know just serving the pastors that come there, and. It's it's amazing the way they take care of you, and and I've I've developed deep deep friendships with you know just church members that volunteer down there. Um, it's an amazing time. Um, it, it's one of those things I you know send your pastor if you can send your pastor to Shepherd's Conference. Um, it's it's a good good thing to do. All right, let us begin, as is our practice. I say let us begin. I've been talking for 20 minutes, but let us begin, as is our practice, with the prayer of confession 
from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins and serve you with a quiet mind. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. All right, and now our reading from Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Yesterday we did the Lord's Prayer, an overview, part one. This is the Lord's Prayer, an overview, part two. Pray then in this way, Matthew 6, 9a. Dr. MacArthur writes, Over the years, people have misunderstandings about the Lord's Prayer, more accurately, the Disciples' Prayer, that needs correcting. First, Jesus' words were not meant to be repeated as a formal prayer. The disciples had asked him how to pray, not what to pray. And he hardly would have given them a prayer to recite after he had just warned against meaningless repetition. Second, people often don't realize that Jesus' teaching here is simply a skeleton or pattern for prayer. As believers, we are to flesh out that skeleton with our own words of worship, praise, and intercession as we come to the Father. Third, people have seldom realized how versatile Jesus' pattern for prayer is. Each phrase reflects the relationship between creator and creature, and each one demonstrates an attitude and spirit of prayer. Similarly, we can variously out we can variously outline it to show God's glory. We can variously outline it to show God's glory versus our need. The threefold purpose of prayer, hallow his name, usher in his kingdom, and do his will, or to present our concerns from a past, present, and future standpoint. We can see God's overall purpose in prayer throughout the Lord's Prayer. The primary focus is on God which includes our adoration of him, his worthiness, and his glory. From this model, we see that prayer is not so much our asking to meet our own needs and wants, but our affirming God's sovereignty, holiness, and majesty, and conforming our desires and purposes to his will. Ask yourself, what have people forfeited the most by viewing this prayer primarily as a rote methodological, unthinking recitation before God. Does this argue against stating it in unison at church or in any other religious gatherings? Or is there value in quoting it together as long as our hearts are attuned to its meanings? That's a good word there. 
And no, I'm not against reciting the Lord's Prayer verbatim, but at the same time, uh, I think he makes a good point about, hey, this is a how to pray, not a what to pray situation. All right, it's time for our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy. We are going to be in 18, um, starting 18, looking at verses 1 through 8 today. Let us go to the Lord of the Word before we go to the Word of the Lord. This is our prayer for the reading of the Word. It is the colic for the second Sunday in Advent. And Advent starts soon. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life, which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, let me read the passage. It's three paragraphs, um, verses 1 through 8. The Levitical priests, the whole tribe of Levi, shall have no portion or inheritance with Israel. They shall eat of the offerings to Yahweh by fire and of his inheritance. And they shall have no inheritance among their brothers. Yahweh is your inheritance as he promised them. Yahweh is their inheritance as he promised them. Now this shall be the legal judgment for the priests taken from the people, from those who offer a sacrifice, either an ox or a sheep. They shall give to the priests the shoulder and the two cheeks and the stomach. You shall give him the first fruits of your grain, your new wine, and your oil, and the first shearing of your sheep. For Yahweh your God has chosen him and his sons from all your tribes to stand and minister in the name of Yahweh all the days. Now if a Levite comes from any of your gates of the towns throughout Israel where he sojourns, and comes whenever he desires to the place which Yahweh chooses, then he shall minister in the name of Yahweh his God, like all his brothers the Levites, who stand there before Yahweh. They shall eat equal portions, except what they receive from the sale of their father's estates. So, the whole tribe of Levi, God had set aside to serve him in worship and, and to minister to the, to the needs of the tabernacle, later the temple. Um, so unlike the other 12 tribes, and, and it, there really are 13 tribes because, you know, Joseph's two sons, uh, it's complicated. But none of the other tribes, um, or unlike the other tribes, none of the tribe of Levi, which includes the priests, remember the, 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 you had the whole tribe of Levi, and then you had the family of Aaron. And the family of Aaron, who was a Levite, was, they were the priests. They were the ones who would actually perform the sacrifices and all of that. But the rest of the tribe was to tend to the physical needs of the, the sanctuary. They were the ones who carried the, the tabernacle and the ark and all of that when Israel was wandering, and they, you know, I suppose, you know, once, you know, just to give you a, uh, you know, they, they did the, you know, the, they assisted the priests in the ministry. They took care of the physical need. I mean, you know, the Levites would have been the guys who mowed the lawn at the church, just, you know, to throw out a, you know. Um, in a lot of ways, 
the role of the Levites, if the role of the priests is similar to the elder in the church, the role of the Levites would have been similar to the deacon. Um, they were there to serve the needs of the, the tabernacle under the direction of the priests, and they had their own assigned duties, etc., etc. But because of this, the tribe of Levi was not given an allotment of land to settle and cultivate when they came into the promised land. They were not going to get farms and, and territory assigned to their tribe. You know, the, the tribe of, of Judah had their territory. The tribe of, of, of Benjamin had their territory, etc., etc., etc. But the tribe of Levi was not given a territory. They were given, their, their inheritance was their duty in the temple. And because of that, because they were not going to be farmers, they were not going to be doing all of this, they would receive their support from the temple. So they got a portion of the sacrifices and everything. Um, now the Levites, there, there were cities, you can look at Numbers 35, um, there were cities that were Levite-run. These were the cities of refuge, which had had to do with the whole legal system in ancient Israel, that there was a place where someone could flee to if uh, they had taken a life accidentally or, you know, not with not with malice. The, the, there was a whole thing about, you know, where they had to live in the city of refuge and all of that. So the cities of refuge, they, they were run by the Levites. And they did have outlying area that was farmland for the support of the city. But they were not exclusively Levite cities. They were the, the Levites ran the cities um, because they were part of that legal system, um, but the cities themselves were full of people from, you know, I guess every tribe, and they were the ones that, you know, they were the craftsmen and the the the, the farmers in the outlying areas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That was not the duty of the Levites. That was not their task. So they lived throughout the land throughout the year. Um, some, you know, the priests lived near the tabernacle or later the temple, but the, the Levites were everywhere. And um, so that was, you know, the Levites were to assist the priests in that whole thing. Now, the, the, it says the, the legal judgment for the priests taken from the people, this is saying that this is what they were entitled to legally from the sacrifices. This was the law that when you brought a sacrifice, these portions went to the priest. Uh, from those who offer a sacrifice, either an ox or a sheep, they are to give to the priest the shoulder and the two cheeks and the stomach. Now it says, I, I, the stomach, I, I'd have to, to, to go and look and see if uh, um, any of my uh, commentaries give a detailed description of these parts. But my thought is, you know, I don't know what part the cheeks were. I don't know if that's actually the cheeks on the face of the cow or if that's a body part. I mean, we have body parts we call our cheeks. Um, and, and I don't know if that's, you know, um, that's, that's what's referred to here or not. I'd have to look that up. So mark that down for future study or further study. Um, I'm pretty sure when it says the stomach, it's not talking about the internal organ. It's talking about the the muscles of the stomach, the meat. 
Um, so I'm thinking, you know, I mean that that's like flank steak, right? Um, or bacon, you know. <laughs> if it was pork, that's the bacon pig bellies. Go ahead and watch Trading Places again. Pig bellies. <laughs> oh, frozen and concentrated orange. That's a great movie. <laughs> yes, there are issues with it. Yes, there's nudity. Yes, there's language. But it's a funny movie. Um, I remember when that came out when I was in high school. And, uh, just laughing uproariously watching that movie. And, and the funny thing is I actually learned quite a bit about the commodities trade because I had to figure out what the plot was and uh, and that was the that was a big deal but yeah. pork bellies oh okay so they, they were to get the, the shoulder the two cheeks and the stomach and they were to get the first fruits of the grain so they had grain for making of bread they got the new wine and the new oil and the first shearing of the sheep. So they had a supply of wool. Um, so this was these were the portions that were given to the Levites. Um, so they could make clothing and they could do... You know, all of the stuff that a farming family would supply to itself had to be supplied to the Levites. And so they got a portion of all of this. So they had meat, they had bread... They had wine and oil, and they had wool that were apportioned to them from the populace of Israel for their support and maintenance. And then, you know, he says that because God God has chosen them, this was the whole purpose. So they had to write to these portions of the sacrifice. They had to write to these other... uh, other goods that they would need for their livelihood, they were to make their living from the ministry, from the offerings and donations of the people. Now, again, you know, this is where the tithe went. As a Israelite family in ancient days, you would bring your tithe, and it was actually, there were three tithes, um, and it worked out to be about roughly 20%, 19.5%, I believe, is the figure of, you know, of your income was paid in tithes. Um, it wasn't just a straight 10%, it was more like 20 um, which is, interestingly, the same tax that Joseph imposed on the Egyptians. He took a fifth. That's twenty percent, um, and it made Israel or made uh, Egypt one of the wealthiest, most powerful nations on the on the planet at the time. Twenty percent seems to be a really good tax rate. Um, I would love to see a flat tax of twenty percent um, on the American citizen, um, and then the government just can't spend more than that. <laughs> You know, there needs to be limits on the government, and and so much of what our government spends its money on is not found in Article One, Section Eight of the Constitution, which is the enumerated powers of the federal government. Um, oh, of Congress, yeah. There's 
it, it's a it, it's, it's you know go read <laughs> if you got some time this weekend you're taking a break from the family pull out a U.S. Constitution and read Article 1, Section 8 because it tells you what the government is supposed to do and then think about all the stuff that the government does that is not listed in Article 1, Section 8 and, uh, and, and ask yourself why am I paying for this? Um, and then you got verses 6 through 8 where it talks about if a Levite comes from any of your gates of the towns throughout Israel where he sojourns and there it's, you know sojourn is a word for travel but it, it's talking about where they live where they abide um, remember you're going to have Levites scattered throughout the kingdom um, because they are going to be you know, living in all the towns and cities. Um, and one of the things is, I mean, you're going to have an entire tribe dedicated to the service of the temple. Not everybody's going to be needed every day. Now, there's going to be times of the year during the, the feasts and festival when there's going to be a lot of work to do. And you're probably going to have need for more priests and Levites to be actively serving during those times. Um, it worked out, and I believe it was David who instituted it, I'd have to go back and look, but he divided the priesthood up into 24 courses. Um, and those 24 courses each served two weeks out of the year at the temple, which you know, meant that there was an ample supply of priests and everybody got a turn. And and the reason he did that was by the time you know, by the time David became king, there were so many priests and Levites that there wasn't enough work for them all at the temple year round. So he developed a, a division of labor um, where they would come and serve their two weeks. Interestingly enough, and as we're approaching Christmas, I'll just throw this out there. Because we know which course of priests John the Baptist's father was a part of, we know when he was serving in the temple. We know he served in the temple for two weeks. Remember the, the angel appeared to him and because he didn't believe the angel, the angel struck him dumb, so he could not speak. And when he finished his course in the temple, he went home. His wife got pregnant. Six months later, Mary gets pregnant. Nine months later, Jesus is born. But we know when he served in the temple, and when you work it all out, December 25th is probably pretty close to the actual birth date. So, you know, throw up all the, oh, you're stealing the date from the Romans. No, it's probably the right time of year. So, you know, we can roll with that. Um, whether it was exactly the 25th, I'm not sure, but it would have been midwinter. It would have been, and, and I'm midwinter in the colloquial sense, not midwinter in the, the uh, astronomical sense. You know, it would have been right around December time 
you know. So Christmas is is pretty close to the actual date, even if it's not exactly the actual date. So don't uh, don't panic when somebody says, "Oh, you stole this holiday from the Romans." Yeah, um, we didn't. <laughs> Um, so he says here in verses 6 through 8 it says if a Levite comes from any of your gates of the towns throughout Israel where he sojourns and comes whenever he desires to the place which Yahweh chooses then he shall minister in the name of Yahweh his God like all his brothers the Levites who stand before Yahweh they shall eat equal portions except what they receive from the sale of their father's estate so whenever a Levite desired he could travel to the sanctuary, wherever the tabernacle was, and later to Jerusalem for the temple, and serve. Um, and this was, you know, and take part in the 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 portions of food that are brought to the priests and the Levites. Um, so this this was an important rite that was given to the Levites. Um, I imagine that most of them actually, you know, were quote unquote bivocational because once you have this large number of of Levites that not everyone is needed at the temple all the time, that they would have done other things. They're not, you know, they wouldn't have been just sitting on their butts waiting for their two weeks in the temple. And so a lot of them were probably doing things to provide for themselves. They could have been craftsmen. They could have been, you know, farmers or at least farm laborers. You know, there's, there's all sorts of things they could have been doing throughout the, the kingdom to provide for their keep. Um, I mean, they, they certainly were not forbidden from owning property. There was just not a portion given to the tribe. <coughs> but if he if he wanted to go to the tabernacle or to the temple to minister there, he was permitted to do so, and it was a right that he had. So this you know this would give give you a right. Let's say you know you're a Levite and you're working as you know a carpenter or a bricklayer or something for your daily support but business has been bad and you and your family are starting to get hungry well I'll go to Jerusalem and work in the temple for a while that way I'll get fed so this was one of the things I don't know what kind of situation or what kind of system they had for distributing food throughout the tribe of Levi that were away from the tabernacle um, there may have been a system for that I don't know but here we read that they had the right to go to the sanctuary whenever they desired and that they could serve the Lord there and they could take part in the in the food that was brought to the tabernacle and later to the temple for the purpose of the Levites. All right, let us now recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. 
On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the colic for the 25th Sunday after Pentecost. Stir up, O Lord, the wills of your faithful people, that bringing forth in abundance the fruit of good works, they may be abundantly rewarded when our Savior Jesus Christ comes to restore all things, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Now the colic for grace. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us safely to the beginning of this day. Defend us by your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin, nor run into any danger, and that guided by your Spirit we may do what is righteous in your sight, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the collect for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, 2023. Um, and we will be here for a special Thanksgiving edition tomorrow. There will be no Squirrel Chatter on Friday. <laughs> So I will give you the admonition now to go to church on Sunday. I will repeat that admonition tomorrow because I won't be here Friday to remind you. Now, if I if you need me reminding you every Friday to go to church, that's fine. But really, you ought to be doing that on your own by now. <laughs> so work on that, okay? All right, folks. Have a great day. Remember to do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless.